I want to talk about this morning what a friend we have in God. I'm thankful today for the friends of the church. You see these beautiful um, fall decorations? You know, there's a lot of people working behind the scenes, and I thank Beverly for taking care of God's house and bringing that beauty to it. I thank the Lord. Do you appreciate a clean church and clean restrooms? I appreciate Leonard this morning with all my heart. Appreciate the prayer team, you know, that meets every Tuesday and prays for us. That's how we can do what we do is because of the prayer. Appreciate the board that serves and works with me and is patient with me and loves me. (laughs) And I just, this is um, a, a week I wanted to just share the friendship of God in his house and those who love his house enough to take care of it. Uh, I remember the early days, and I would have to come early and, t- and clean and take care of those things, and I have to do none of that because God has people in his house that love his house and keep his house clean and do all the chores that I, once I had to do, and I'm so thankful. I, I, I'm thankful for friends of God friends in God's family. So this is the last message of my God messages uh, for this season, and um, probably by now you've forgotten them. But the first message was that when God says, I will, you know, when he says, I will, he will. Sometimes people say to me, I will, and I anticipate they will, and then what happens when they don't do what they said they will do? And uh, But we don't have to have that with God. He says, I won't, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm always here for you. Now, sometimes we look at what's going on and we wonder, where is he? Because his plans are different than our plans. His thoughts are what? Higher than our thoughts. And he's working in our life to, to bring about a holiness and a righteousness. And uh, sometimes it's painful. But he's always there. That was my first message when God says, I will. He, will do, he means it and he will, do, he will fulfill his promise. The second one was God is over all. That was kind of a painful message. He's over our circumstances. He's over our problems. He's over our difficulties. He's over our failures, and he's over our accomplishments. He's over everything. The third message was, what a mighty God we serve. He's more mighty than we give him credit for. How many know that? How many know that he is mighty enough to see us through the wilderness? He's mighty enough to see us through sickness. He's mighty enough to see us through surgery and meet us when we don't even anticipate his power and his glory. He's mighty, mighty God. And today, the fourth, is what a friend we have in God. And there's a question in my spirit today as, as, I, as I went over this message again. And, and the, the question was, you know, are we a true friend of God? You know, we have friends. And then we have friends that are difficult. And then we have friends that disappoint us. And then we have friends that fail us, you know, but what kind of a friend are we? What kind of are we a friend are we as a neighbor, 
what kind of friend are we to God? So God is still uh, proving a Sunday school lesson was about that. He was proving Israel. Brother Don read about him proving them in their in their uh, sad times, their faulty times. And then Sunday school was about the judges and, and about we read in the Sunday school reading that he did all that to prove them. So some of the things that we go through is that God will prove us to see that we are his true friend. So today, the Bible says in Proverbs 18:24, which is the wisdom literature of the Bible, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, you have to know Jesus to know that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Because when we fail Christ, he never fails us. When we fail a friend, that friend might fail us back. How many know what I'm talking about? When we get in the flesh, we get fleshly results. But in the realm of the spirit, we get spiritual results. And we do have a friend in Christ. We do have a friend in God. So God had friends on the earth. Jesus had friends on the earth. And I trust that we are God's friend and God's and, the, and our Savior's friend. So what is a friend of God? That's what I want to talk about. What is a friend of God? James, James, the half-brother of Jesus, he gives us some insight to this. In James 2.23, the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, And he was called the friend of God. If that's the only scripture we ever read, we see that scripture is fulfilled, that there is a time that we can be a friend of God. But what does it take? In this one simple scripture, it says, Abraham believed God. So when we go through our trials and our temptations and our sorrows and our heartaches and our sicknesses and our adverse conditions, if we continue to believe, we have a friend in God. But what happens is the enemy, our flesh, tries to destroy our belief in God. So we wonder, what did we do? What's happening? Why is this the way it is? And we try to formulate in our, in our mind and in our spirit. Uh, spirit of man why these things are happening instead of saying i believe you god that you will bring me through when he told abraham to t- uh, offer his son isaac we see abraham's response okay god i'll get the wood i'll get my son i'll head toward the mountain i'll do what you ask me to do who of us would have such faith that if god said give your most important thing in your life to me right now burn it up Would we just head toward the sacrifice and do it? See, it takes a belief, a strong, powerful belief in God to be a friend of God. Remember Jehoshaphat's prayer when we talked about the mighty God. In 2 Chronicles 26, his prayer was, O Lord God our fathers, art now thou the God of heaven? He said, you rule over the kingdoms of the heathen, and in thine hand there is, isn't there power and isn't there might, so that none is able to stand against thee. Do we see our government today as in the hand of God? Now, I do when I'm in church, and I do when I'm preaching to you. 
You know, but when I turn on the telly and it tells me all these things, I think, oh, my goodness, how does this happen? How can that be? And my flesh just kicks in and I just talk to the telly, you know, like I didn't have good sense. Our belief has to be more powerful than that. When we hear the negative things that the enemy is doing in our land, in our life, in our homes, wherever he's afflicting us, we have to remember that we serve a God in heaven, a mighty God. He's our friend. And if we believe that he will see us through, then we can really activate that friendship with God. And uh, Jehoshaphat, he said, you know, isn't this all in your hand? Don't you have power? Don't you have might? Isn't it that so powerful that nobody can stand against thee? When we see that, when we see the circumstances of our life and the circumstances of our country and all those things that the enemy wages warfare against the people of God, we need to say, God, it is in your hand. And it's hard to do that, church, because I got what I want. How about, how about you? I got what I think is right. But God has a plan that is more right than humanity can have. So verse 7 is the, se- the point I want to uh, make today from Second Chronicles 27. I saved it for this part of the message, that first part of Scripture I used in the mighty God. And this part says, Art now thou our God who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel and give it to the seed of Abraham, what? Thy friend forever. You know, how is it that Christianity at large is not looked at as the friend of God? To be the friend of God, we have to activate that friendship. And I tell you, in my own life, I have a friendship occasionally. I want it all the time. But I'm always dealing with my flesh. And God says he will give us the power and the might to overcome. We overcome how? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we don't love our life. See, that's where the problem is. We love our life. We love what we want. We love the circumstances. We love, you know, I, I love coffee. I love chocolate. I love this. I love, I love everything. And then we say, I love God. You know, but our devotion to God and our love for God is much more powerful than our love for the things of this world. So he says, art not thou our God who drove out the inhabitants? Didn't he drive out the evil person that was in our life before we came to Christ? Didn't he drive out those inhabitants and he gave us peace and he gave us an overcoming spirit that even when the enemy comes at us, we have the power in God to overcome and to be blessed by the presence of Christ in our life. So he says, didn't you drive out the inhabitants for Israel and didn't you give it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend? Now, how many know we're the seed of Abraham? How many know that Abraham's power of God can dwell in us today? How powerful is that? That people notice that Abraham was a friend of God. And it's written in Holy Scripture that he is a friend of God. Where is our friendship with God today? When is the last time we thought, oh, thank you, God, for being my friend? 
Mostly it's, oh, thank you, God, for helping me. Or, oh, thank you, God, for getting me through this crisis. Or, oh, thank you, God, for going before me and make the crooked places straight. But once in a while, we just need to say, oh, thank you, God, for your friendship, for your love, your companionship, your forgiveness, for all that you do for us even when we are in failure. You never leave us. Isaiah 41.8 confirms that we can be a friend of God. It says, Thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Friends are mentioned in Scripture a lot. Some by their actions. Some are just said, like Abraham, you're my friend of, you're a friend of God. But there's people like Epaphroditus, who was a friend to Paul. It doesn't say he was a friend, but in Philippians 2.5, Paul says, he's my brother, he's my companion, he's my fellow soldier, and he's a messenger of God to me. Paul tells us he ministered to his wants. The friend of God ministers to one another. That's why he said, you know, love your neighbor as yourself love me with all everything within you and love your neighbor as yourself and so we see in scripture there were those friends that didn't get the connotation i'm a friend of god but they did the friendly things that god required them to do (coughs) there's mary martha and lazarus they were friends of jesus he often visited them How would you like Jesus to come to your house? Well, church, he is at your house. He lives in you. You know, but, of course, we don't always think of it as personal as going to Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house. You know, but he often visited them. And Martha ministered to his needs by cooking. And Mary ministered to his needs by sitting at his feet and worshiping him. And... (coughs) And... Martha complained, of course, you know the story. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you know, just, you know, calm down. Sit down, be quiet, worship me. Because that's where it is, is in the worship of Christ. Because when we worship him, we are a friend of God. When we worship God's son who gave his life, we become the friend of God. In John eleven five, 5, he gives us a statement, Jesus had feelings. You know, we don't think about Jesus having personal feelings. But in this passage of Scripture, it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. You know, faithfulness and love is an action, is a part of our friendliness. We can say, oh, I'm I'm your friend and you're in need, but we're not friend enough to help you in that need. A true friend is the companion and the helper in the time of need. Quickly, we begin to remember Jesus and his friendship with his disciples. Wow. He had a ragged crew, didn't he? And he had to constantly renew himself to them and friends because they constantly doubted. They constantly didn't understand him. He told them and told them and told them, I'm going to go away. I need your friendship. He took them to the garden and he said, wait here and Pray for me. I, I need you to be with me. I need you to, to share your friendship with me. I don't want to be in this hour alone. I'll just go a little bit a ways, but keep praying for me. 
the church world is like that today. We sleep when God says this is a most important time in the history of our country. Most important. It's not time to fuss about who's in leadership. It's time to pray and intercede and to trust God that he is the friend of the church. He is the friend of those who serve him, and he will bring us through triumphantly. And whatever he does is perfect. It doesn't look perfect to us. My goodness, it doesn't look perfect. But his plan is perfect. Do I get an amen? Well, we understand that Jesus had to deal with his disciples, and I think he's still dealing with his disciples today. How many know what I'm saying? He's still working with us, isn't he? We doubt. He forgives. We have failure. He he gives us peace and long-suffering. He gives us all the fruit of the Spirit that we can continue on our journey to serve him into eternal life. But, you know, we read in Scripture that heartbreaking moment when Judas kissed Jesus in the betrayal. And, church, this is most important because it's with Jesus' response that is important. And his response to that kiss of betrayal was friend. He called Judas friend. Isn't that hard to call someone a friend who hurts you or disappoints you? or afflicts you, or causes uh, stress in your life. But they're still a friend because we're to love them as we love God. And Jesus said, Friend, wherefore art thou come? And then the soldiers laid hands on Jesus and took him. Can you even imagine what Judas must have felt when when he kissed him and Jesus called him friend? That's the kind of friend we have in Christ. That's the kind of friend we have in God. You know, sometimes we do things that might betray us, betray the Lord. Sometimes we don't stand up for him like we should. Sometimes we don't make our testimonies strong enough because they might persecute us. And then we're just like like Judas and Jesus is saying, wait a minute, you're my friend. Stick up for me. Stand up for me. Defend me. I'm your Lord and Savior. Jesus loved Judas. He loved him in his betrayal. How awesome is that? Well, the Bible says, and this is prophetic, probably Proverbs 17:14. I read this over and over, and then I saw this. It says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So a friend loves at all times, But there are those that are born to give adversity. And even though Jesus loved Judas, and Judas loved him, you know, temporarily, he was a brother that was born to adversity. And he sold Jesus. But Jesus loved him even though he brought heartache. And, you know, sometimes we bring heartache to the Lord, but he still loves us. He still forgives us. And he still contends that he's our friend. I thought that was overwhelming when I thought about it. I thought of the failures. I thought of the mistakes. I thought of all those kinds of things that that I'd walked through in my life. And then I thought that his love had always sustained me and brought me through. I want to be a friend of God. I want to be a friend 
of the Lord. I, I want to see him not only as my Savior, my Lord, my Master, my Forgiver. I want to see him also as a friend that loves me in all the circumstances of my life. The precious love of our Father, the precious love of our Savior. Proverbs 22:11 says, He that loves pure of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. We know that Jesus is the king. We know that he loved Judas with a pure heart, even in the midst of betrayal. So God is looking for his saints to have the pure love of God. You know, what is the pure love of God? It's believing. It's trusting in all circumstances. It's believing that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. It's believing that God will strengthen us when we are so weak. It's believing that he goes before us, he clears the debris, and if we get into the debris, he takes us through it. It means that he is our Lord and our Savior. Jesus gives us this powerful thought in Luke 12, 4. And this is important, church. This is red letters. It's Jesus' own words. He says, I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. Verse 5, but I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast you into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Respect God. God is the one who makes the choice of our life as we serve him. If we serve him with a whole heart, if we serve him unconditionally, because that's the kind of love that God gives to us. So I like this part of the scripture that says, I say unto you, my friends, I like to know that he's speaking to us as his friend. Does that, does that, is that hard to comprehend that Jesus, the son of the living God, the divine son, calls us his friend? What kind of a friend are we to him? Do we defend him? Do we stand up for him? Do we reveal him in our life and our testimony? Are we a true, pure friend of God and of Christ? It's important that we see what a true friend will do. And we see that in John the Beloved. John the Beloved was a true friend. He wasn't called a friend. But in Scripture, he was a friend of Jesus. He was a friend that loved at all times. He was a friend that followed in the midst of persecution And he followed Jesus all the way to the cross. He was a friend of the crucified life. That is a point that just sunk deep into my spirit. That John, the beloved, was a friend of the crucified life. He wasn't afraid for his life. All the rest of the disciples departed, ran and hid. They saw the same Christ. They saw the same miracles. They saw the same power of God. They hid Why? Because their belief system was too short. If they would have believed like John, they would have followed Jesus to the cross. Nothing happened uh, bad to John. He walked through the persecution. He walked through the crucifixion. And he stood at the foot of the cross. And he became the friend of Christ. He was the friend to take his mother to his side and to walk all the way to the Christ. That's what we call a personal friend. 
a personal friend that sticks closer than a brother, a personal friend that would die for us. He was one who loved with a whole heart, and he would follow to the cross. And the question this morning, church, is are we a friend who will follow to the cross, the crucified life? In the book of Revelation, John is called the companion in tribulation. Would you like to be a companion in tribulation? He was called the companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and in the patience of Jesus Christ. He was banished to the Isle of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. As we think of friendship today, our heart turns to the friendship of God, a faithful God, a Savior. Through his love and redemption, he was willing to send his son to die for us. How befitting that John penned these words of Jesus this morning. In John 15, verse 13 through 17, these are Jesus' words. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. So, to be the friend of God, we must believe in him. We must follow his commandments. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servants knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I call you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have ordained you. And that means that every born-again Christian has been ordained to be a testimony for Jesus Christ. I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. These things I command that you love one another. It's easy to love Jesus because he died for us. He's perfect. But how is it easy is it to love one another? We can love one another, but sometimes the faults in one another overwhelm us. But Jesus is a friend that sticks through our faults. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God requires action of his friends. What can we do for the kingdom of God? He requires action. It's not enough to be born again. We need to follow his commandments, and his commandments ask for action. John gave him action. John followed to the cross. John wrote the revelation. John took his uh, banishment and never lost his faith or his belief in God. What action do we show to our God who is our friend? I want to thank you for <clears throat> for our anniversary celebration. I, I want to thank you as friends of God and if, as my friends. I'm exceedingly grateful for your friendship. And I feel that uh, from the beginning at of my tenure, more than tenure, at the beginning of my ministry here 36 years ago, I was accepted. I never felt accepted in my life, but I felt accepted here. And I felt a friend of God in this house. And I, I, want, to, I want to thank you for that. And it's been my great joy to serve this community of believers. I'm grateful for each one of you. And uh, I'm most grateful for the fact that 
every year when we have a board meeting, you have always voted for me 100%. And that, I don't know if that sounds minor to you, but it is not minor to me. And uh, I talk to people, pastors, and they, they fear the annual board meeting because they don't know what's going to happen to them. I've never, ever, ever experienced that kind of fear because your love and your friendship has always come through to me. <clears throat> and if there was ever any place that I felt accepted, it was in this house. And that's what prompted me to preach this message today because I'm thankful for your friendship. And this is my prayer that you also feel the friendship that I feel as I've served this family. I know we are a challenge to the devil. That's why we have difficulties. That's why we have problems. That's why we have situations, sicknesses we go through. This is a small group of people and we go through so much. But I know that we are a challenge to the devil because of the word of God that is in this house and because of the faithfulness of the crew. You know, this morning what we have here is the crew. And the faithfulness of the crew is why we uh, bring the devil much pain. And um, so for faithful friendship, <clears throat> faithful friendship in Christ defeats the works of darkness. And it brings strength to the body of Christ. And I, I talk to pastors all over and they tell me of the problems and the difficulties and when I say to them, well, I've served for 36 years and I've had a couple of problems, but I've never had overwhelming problems. I have always felt your love and your response and your acceptance. So today I want us to just bask in the friendship that God has given to us. We have a mighty friend, a mighty friend in God. And we have mighty friends in this house, people that will stand up for each other, people who will pray for each other, people who care about each other, and I'm so thankful for that. So my prayer today is that God will strengthen our belief so that we can be a greater friend in God, that he will strengthen our friendships together and our friendships in him, you know, so that we'll be powerful until the very day that he returns for us. I, I, uh, I say long live Commerce Community Church. You know, we... we <coughs> We uh, we came here. Evie can tell you she's probably the oldest of our existence, not old in age, but old in here. She's served our board for as long as I've been here. And uh, we came with just a few. We still have a few, but a few can be mighty in God. And I, I tell the Lord that all the time. I ask for 100, and he always tells me to be content in whatsoever state he gives us. So this is what I want to say to you today. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel. And this is the part, Philippians 1, 3, 4, and 5. This is the part I want to say to the church today, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Thank you so much. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. 
We thank you for the friendship that you extend to us. God, increase our belief, Father, that we can be stronger friends to you in the days ahead. As we see the days of evil approaching, may we be strong and powerful in you, I pray. May we always be your friend. We ask this in your holy name.